Support for this podcast is made possible by you. Visit allgirlsconsidered.org slash donate to help us build a world with endless possibilities for girls. I'm Brenna. And I'm Hannah. And we are seventh graders at Liberty Hill Junior High School. This is All Girls Considered, a podcast dedicated to connecting girls and women through the power of story sharing, mentorship, and experiential learning to create a world of endless possibilities. Today we have Judge Donna King with us. Judge King is the 26th District Court Judge for Williamson County. Thank you for coming to talk to us. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Hi, girls. Hi. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. So what's your story? Like, how did you get where you are today? Well, it's a pretty long story. Um, I'll try to keep it brief. So first of all, I can remember being in the seventh grade and I grew up right here in Williamson County also. I went to Chisholm Trail Middle School and then Round Rock High School and then went off to college at Angelo State University and Texas Tech University School of Law and then I came back here and started practicing as a lawyer. So 25 years later, I know that sounds like a really long time, but it goes really fast. So 25, year, 25 years later, um, after I graduated from law school, I, I um, well, now I'm a judge. And I actually started uh, being judge of the 26th District Court six years ago in 2014. So in a nutshell, that's kind of the timeline from your age to my age and a lot of details in between. Like, did you know whenever you were um, like our age in seventh grade middle school, did you know that you wanted to do what you're doing now? I had no idea. When I was your age in seventh grade, I think the most pressing thing on my mind was, let's see, I was in a band and playing clarinet and volleyball and softball and Duran Duran was my favorite music group. Y'all probably have never heard of them. Um, they didn't last that long, but I had no idea really what I wanted to do. And there weren't really the technological advances like you guys are growing up with today um, to be able to, to do interviews via the internet or podcasts or, or even really have the accessibility to elected officials and, and uh, business people like you guys do. So I just really wasn't exposed to that many things. It wasn't until college that I decided that I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, when you were our age, did you ever like think that um, you could get this far? Did you ever like have like a dream of getting somewhere like really far in life? So that's a really great question. You know, um, in my household, my parents were really big on um, making sure that all their kids worked really hard at everything that they did. And, and so I knew that that was just an expectation. And so, um, you know, schoolwork, extracurricular activities, whatever it was, you just had to give it your best all the time. And so I knew that whatever it was I was going to end up doing, that I would be successful at it. You know, that's just kind of the way I was raised. And I think um, a lot of people have that drive. So I didn't really worry about whether or not I would find success, but I just knew that I wanted to do something that I really enjoyed. Do you think that um, going through the process of knowing what you wanted to do, do you think that, um, like, did you have any big doubts of knowing what you're going to do? So I think it's really normal for everyone as you grow up um, to wonder, you know, 
what's going to become of me? What am I going to do? Especially when you're driven and you know that you want to be successful. And also when you understand that um, it's just getting to be a more and more competitive job market. And so as you get older, you, it's normal to have those doubts. Um, once I knew I wanted to be a lawyer, I knew, hey, I'll, I'll be able to find a job somewhere. It, it really wasn't as much of job security as it was being happy at what I was doing. And I really, um, I thrive in competition and trying cases. It's like there's a winner and there's a loser. And so that was, that was really invigorating for me. Um, and being competitive, you don't like to lose. So having concerns about self-confidence and am I going to be good at what I do? I think that's very normal for everybody. And life is, is a lot of ups and downs. And so every day is not going to be your best day, but every day is not going to be your worst day either. So you just have to understand that as you grow and as you do more and more things, you're going to stretch and learn. And um, some at some point you get on the other side of it and you figure out that, you know, I really needed to go through all of that and all those doubts to build my confidence and to be where I am now. So now being a judge and uh, knowing what you do, uh, what does your typical day look like? That's a good question also, because um, now um, my life has changed a lot over the last 25 years of being a lawyer. When I was a young lawyer, it was very regimented and I was a prosecutor. And so I had a certain schedule during the week and a lot of trial work. And I also had a really young family. So that was um, a lot of balancing between work and life. Um, and then as I got older and my fam my kids grew up, um, now I'm an empty nester. All my kids are either married or in college. So um, there's a lot more um, time that I spend actually at work. So a typical day, um, I get up, I take care of my dogs. I have six dogs, so I've kind of got a lot going on there. Care of my dogs, drink my coffee, do a Bible study in the morning, go to work. And most days I'm in the courtroom and that can be very hectic because a lot of people, a lot of cases and a lot of time spent there. And then all the work that doesn't get done while I'm on the bench, that's what we say when we're actually conducting court, there's a lot of administrative work that has to be done. So that usually gets done after hours. So a lot of times I'm either working late at my office or bringing work home with me. So I work a lot of hours. Um, and then when I'm not working, I like to spend time with my kids and my dogs and do fun stuff with friends and, and people at church. That's great. Who or what inspired you to become a judge? So my father was a policeman. And so growing up, I always knew that, um, you know, the job that policemen and first responders do is really, really important. And I have an older brother that's eight years older than me, and he went to law school. And I just always looked up to him. And somewhere along the way, I got the idea that I wanted to be um, a prosecutor. And so the prosecutors are the folks that actually represent the state of Texas in criminal cases. And so I applied to law school and I went to Texas Tech University School of Law. And while I was there, I began um, a lot of what we call moot court and mock trial. And that's just like 
doing, well, y'all probably heard of mock trial, right? Where you go in and you, you have actors portray witnesses and you actually try cases. So I got really involved in the competitive mock trials and knew that I wanted to be a trial lawyer. And, you know, a lot of people don't know a lot about what lawyers do. They think we all kind of do the same things, but really it's pretty specialized and not all lawyers go to trial all the time, but prosecutors do. And so I knew that in being a prosecutor, that would be something I would get to do. So I did that for about 10 years. And then I was a defense attorney for about eight years. And somewhere along the line, I just decided that, you know, I think I want to be a judge and I think I have all of the experience needed to do it. So when the opportunity came, I took a chance and here I am. How long and hard was law school for you? So law school is typically, if you go straight through, it's three years. So you go to college for four years, you get your undergraduate degree, and then you go to law school. And it's, like I said, it's typically three years. And how hard was it? Um, it was pretty hard. It's, it's not a cakewalk at all. Um, the first year particularly is the hardest because when you get to law school, the professors really like to just get in your brain and change the way you think and teach you to think analytically and critically about everything. And so consequently, most lawyers ask a lot of questions and they analyze every aspect of everything. And sometimes that can be annoying in your relationships with your friends and stuff because they're like, you know, just be normal. Don't, don't look at everything through the lenses of a lawyer. So, um, but it really does kind of reprogram the way you think about things in life. So do you think that, um, like during the whole coronavirus pandemic thing, um, has there been, has it been more hectic? Do you think your schedule has gotten crazier or less? Well, uh, <laughs> so for a lot of people, um, the coronavirus pandemic has required them to be home and they haven't had the accessibility and the, the ability to come and go and do a lot of the things that they like to do. And that's true for me as well. But with my job, um, I've also taken on a new task that our county judge asked me to, to lead, which is this um, mask brigade project. And so I'm doing my judge work, but then I'm also overseeing this mask brigade project. And we've produced over 10,000 masks. And y'all know that there are those cloth masks that go over your face to try to help uh, reduce the rate of infection. And so that has been like having another full-time job. It's, it's been very rewarding, but it's been a little stressful. So for me, the pandemic time has been probably even more busy than my regular schedule. So with your mask job, is it like you make hand make them or do you like give like funds like for money? So there are a lot of volunteers. We have about 500 volunteers right now and they are actually sewing the masks. So they're all handmade masks. And um, I wish I could say I was making them too. I'm not that talented. I'm really just sort of the administrator that ties everything together and makes sure everything, the trains run on time basically. Y'all probably never heard anybody say that because <laughs> most people don't travel by train anymore. But there are volunteers in Sun City, there are volunteers through several churches, and then there are just people out in the community. So 
that we have a website. It's um, if you go to the Wilco main page and click on the COVID-19 link and you will see a um, another link for the Wilco Mask Brigade, and that's where we are, and it tells you all about how to make a mask and to uh, donate materials, and then if you need a mask, what you need to do in order to get one. How do you feel that your job has impacted the people in your community? So my, my real job, my day job of being judge of the 26th District Court, I think that's really impactful to the community um, because if I don't do a good job, then that's a problem. Um, my job is to apply the law fairly, make sure that everybody that comes before me gets a fair shake. Um, not only do I preside over criminal cases, but I preside over civil trials also. So, you know, two individuals sue each other over a car wreck or a personal injury case or um, a medical malpractice issue. You know, everybody's there for a reason and they deserve to have their day in court. And my job is to apply the law. So, um, you know, I would say if I, if I don't do my job properly, then that's, that's a negative impact on the community. One of the great, most enjoyable things that I think I get to do in being a judge is to help people because, especially on criminal cases, um, there's a lot of people who make bad choices and they've made a mistake and um, not all of them end up going to prison. Some, some of them get an opportunity to get a second chance and correct their behavior and change their lives. And so when we see that happen and we see people totally make a 180 degree turnaround and get their life back in order and be a contributing member of society, that's really rewarding. As a, on this mass brigade project, um, which, I guess, how long have you guys been cooped up at home now? About three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. Yeah. So it start, and we started this on April the 6th. And what's been really rewarding about that is just seeing all the volunteers. Like I said, there's probably over 500 volunteers. Um, I couldn't tell you their names because they're just too many to name. But um, seeing them rolling up their sleeves and coming together to work on this common goal of trying to help people stay healthy and, and not get sick. Um, mm -hmm. And people are donating their time and their money and um, they're enjoying it. And it's, it's a unique time. And we're all, you know, in a way we're all suffering because we don't know what's going to happen. And we don't know if we're going to be the next one to get sick or we're missing school or missing our friends, missing our jobs. Um, and so this is a way to bring people together. And I think it's, it's really uplifting. What is the most rewarding part of your job in the making of the masks? So I was on the phone today with someone who owns a, a, um, a company that helps older people. And they were very concerned about protecting the, this, the people that they work with, these older folks. And, you know, in Georgetown and Sun City and some of the areas around here we have um, communities of seniors. And so it was really rewarding to talk with them and just hear about how much they cared about the people that they work with and wanted to make sure that they were able to offer them some, some protection against the virus. And so, you know, I think, like I was saying before, being able to see how much Williamson County cares about its citizens and how we all care about each other 
is just a really, really good thing to see, especially in a time like this. What are some struggles that you've had with your job that you've learned to push through? Um, in my job in particular, as a judge, I have to make really hard decisions every day. And there are days where I'm making hundreds of decisions in a day. And every decision I make impacts somebody's life. So um, I'm not trying to be too dramatic about it, but you know, if you're looking at going to prison or getting to go home, that's a really big decision. And um, that person that I'm making the decision about, um, that, that could change their life forever. At the same time, if someone's been a victim of a crime and they wanna see justice and the decision that I make, if, it's, um, if it doesn't meet their expectations of justice, then that's, that impacts them in a negative way. So it is balancing, applying the law fairly, doing what is right in every situation as best I can and recognizing also that a lot of times I have limited information because I wasn't there when whatever it is happened, I didn't see it. So I'm basing my decision simply on information that's presented in court. And sometimes that's not the whole story. Sometimes it is. So I have to make a tough decision every day. And that is a struggle at times because sometimes you have to put your emotions aside and you just have to apply the law to what's in front of you. And you know that there are going to be people upset with your decision, but you just have to do the best you can with what you have and move on. So I had to learn really on really early on being a judge that I had to get a pretty thick skin and just do my job and, keep going because every decision I make, one side's gonna be unhappy with me. Are there many females in your profession that you know of? There are a lot of females in my profession. And I'll tell you, when I was your age, there weren't that many. Um, have y'all seen, um, oh goodness, what's the name of the movie? There's a new movie, it's on, I think it's on um, DirecTV now, but it's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Have y'all heard of that? It's um, it's about the Supreme Court justice, the one of the first lady Supreme Court justices. I think I've heard of it, but yeah. I don't think I've watched it. Yeah. So, um, so it's a movie about a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's she was a Supreme Court justice, and she went to law school in the fifties, and she was one of maybe three women in her law school class of several hundred people. And I, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but, but basically it demonstrates the progress of how women have really become more prominent in various um, professions. It was very rare for women in the fifties to do a lot of the things that are very common now. Mm -hmm. And so when I was your age, let's see, y'all are 13, 12, 13, yeah-ish. So when I was y'all's age, it was the early 80s, and um, things had changed substantially from the 50s, but um, in, and even when I graduated from law school and started practicing law, there weren't a lot of female judges, but I would say in the last 
15 to 20 years, that's really started to change. And in Williamson County alone, there are five out of nine judges in Williamson County are women. So it's, it's really progressed a long way. When you were in law school, did you, like, know of any of, like, the women judges? Like, did you, like, ever, like, talk to them or maybe email them? I did not, but I'll tell you that um, when I graduated from college, the keynote speaker at our graduation was a justice on the Third Court of Appeals, and her name was Marilyn Abusi. She's no longer a, a judge, at least on the Third Court. She might be a federal judge now, but um, she happened to go to the same college that I went to. And so she was the only female judge that I had ever met. Um, and that was pretty impressive to me. I, I knew I was going to law school and, and it just so happened that a appellate court judge was the speaker at my college graduation. So that was pretty cool. So, um, as we know, like a long time ago, um, judging and law used to be a male dominated profession. Do you think that it's like that anymore or do you think it's still like that? I would say no, it's not like that anymore. So there are um, many, many, many women lawyers. Um, I wish I would have thought of that question and I could have looked up the statistic for you, but I'm sure you can go to the state bar website and find out. Um, Every lawyer who practices in Texas is a member of, it's called the Texas State Bar, B-A-R. And um, there are, like I said, many, many women. I had a lot of women in my, in girls in my law school class. So it's very, very common. There's a lot of lawyers that practice in my court. So I, I would say that um, that barrier has really been broken down for women in the legal profession. Did you ever think you wanted to give up when you were like in law school or when you were working throughout your job? Oh, sure. I think that's a normal feeling for everybody. You know, law school is no cakewalk. It, it had some, there were some really tough classes and um, you know, there's naturally for everybody, there's things that we're good at and we like to gravitate towards the things that we enjoy and that we're good at. And then there are just things that you always put to the back burner. And um, there were a couple classes like that for me and they were tough, um, but you just push through and, and you make it. And um, as a lawyer, there were, there've been a lot of really challenging days. And I've, fortunately for me, I have a wonderful husband and I was able, to, and he really helped me because finding that, that work-life balance that I was telling you about when I was a young lawyer and I had young children, and there were a lot of pressures to be a mom and a lot of pressures to be a trial lawyer. And so luckily I have a really good partner who helped me kind of manage all of that. And it's like, you know, I'm sure your parents talk to you about, you know, this too will pass. So you just sort of make your way through it and you get to the other side of it. And then you look back and say, man, that really made me stronger and better at what I'm doing. So with um, what you're talking about, what in your job, what does success mean to you? Well, it's really hard to measure that um, because in my job, 
you know, when I was talking about how I have to make decisions and I'm always going to make somebody mad because one side wins and the other side loses in the ultimate big picture. That's how people see it. That's not how I see it, but that's how people see it. Um, and so success can mean for some people being popular or being liked, um, that, Oh, you know, if a lot of people like what you do, then you're successful. And I think in the legal profession, particularly being a judge, that's not the best measure of success because um, inherent with our job, one side's not going to be happy with your decision 100% of the time. So I think a, a better measure of success for a judge is, does that judge know the law? Does that judge apply the law fairly? Does that judge um, treat people fairly and do they have good character? And I think if you can check all those boxes, then that's success. And that's just what I strive to do. During your job, like during when you're in court, feel bad for the family that you like hurt sometimes. So uh, you mean that I have to rule against? Yeah. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm a human being and I'm a mom and um, I'm a sensitive person, so I'm really sensitive to um, people and their troubles. And like I said, that's where I really do enjoy some of the aspects of my job. I get to help people and help them work through difficult situations. So, um, and I can't always show it that, that I care that much because I have to be judicial, you know, and I have to look a certain way um, so that people don't see that I have an emotional side. That's one of the difficult challenges with being a judge sometimes. But, um, but yeah, I think that there isn't a litigant or a witness or a defendant that comes before me that I don't think about the consequences of the decision that I'm going to make, how it's going to affect their life. But at the end of the day, I have to follow the law. And sometimes the law is not on your side, you know? So it's tough, but it's, that's part of the job. Have you ever had, um, have you ever had days where you make a decision and then you realize that that wasn't a good decision? Like, how do you deal with that stuff? So there are times where you make a decision and then maybe a little bit down the road, you get additional information that you think, gee, if I knew that at the time that I made the first decision, I might not have come to the same conclusion. So in certain circumstances, you can go back and, and fix it. And I always try to, no matter what, I want to get it right. So if I feel like I should change my mind on something, that's what I do. Um, it's not something that happens very often, but because um, you really want to try to get all the information that you can uh, that goes into making your decision. But if, if there's ever a time where I feel like I need to do something differently, I will. Lastly, what advice would you give girls listening to this podcast? Well, I think um, y'all are in a, a really unique and wonderful position in your generation. You, the world really is your oyster. 
you've got so many opportunities to, to really be whatever you want to be. And technology is, is so amazing these days to you can learn things faster. You have so much at your fingertips to be able to figure out what you want to do and try new things. And I would just say you should do that. You should try anything that interests you. Don't be limited. Don't let anyone limit you. Um, you really can do or be whatever you want to if you've got the heart, desire, and, and will to do it. And, um, you know, school education is important. Reading, doing things to really have the knowledge and, um, and implement that knowledge because, like I said, with all of the techno technological advances that we have, um, chances are if there are 10 people in the room and all of them want to do the same thing, they're all going to be pursuing as much knowledge as possible about that particular thing. And you can, man, you can fix a, a motor. You can um, build a motor just by watching YouTube videos these days. Not that you girls want to be mechanics, but there's so much out there that um, I think it's, it's just an incredible time to, to grow up. And so I would say persevere, try new things, and acquire as much knowledge as you can. All right, well, that is the end of it. So we would like to thank you for taking your time out of your day and interviewing with us. You're welcome. I'm Hannah Webster. And I'm Brennan Pryor, and this is All Girls Considered.